What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm here today as your host, Dr. Craig Spodek, with my co-host, Dr. Peter Bolden, and our esteemed guest, Amber Mack. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So a little bit of background. Amber is a two-time best-selling author. Um, She is a keynote speaker on the subject of innovation, and she has her own podcast, The AI Effect, and recently completed an interview with a, probably not a very big deal, but, uh, you know, just the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. So that is so (laughs) cool for you. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, Amber and I know each other through some mutual friends. She worked with Tony Robbins for a while. doing some stuff with him. And we met through that connection through uh, Tony's son, Jarek. And Pete didn't know this, but Amber's background or her new podcast is in artificial intelligence. And for those of you who listen to this podcast, you know, Pete goes freaking bananas over either AI, <laughs> cryptocurrency, or a biohack. So he's so happy that you are here right now. I, I, I'm, this is the only portion of the podcast where I actually will be speaking. I'll be listening <laughs> Hey, Craig, we've got it from here. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to tune out right now. now. But anyway, it's so good to have you. Thanks for being generous with your time. Um, And we're just excited to talk to you. Also, another relevant thing that I totally spaced out on is tell us what you did with the American Dental Association. Yeah. So uh, shortly after I worked with Tony Robbins, I started my own business with a couple other people. And uh, we did a consulting project with the American Dental Association in Chicago, where we consulted. Uh, They wanted to get into the podcasting space. And so we helped them develop their strategy. We actually did video production as well and uh, got into that space with them and just helped kind of guide them along the way. As a keynote speaker, I've spoken to hundreds of audiences all around the world. So uh, I've spoken to quite a few dentists at uh, different events. So that's how that connection came to be. That's awesome. And uh, how, what year was that that you were working with the ADA? Uh, that's a great question. I would say it was probably around 2007, so quite a few years ago. And I was through a connection, David Dodell. Um, he was a dentist I met at an event, and he was also, a, I don't want to call myself a super nerd, but I feel like uh, that's how we met through sort of the tech TV connection. My background actually is starting, a, I was hosting a show on tech TV. Oh, yeah. So I'm literally going to have nothing to say. You and Pete are going to be speaking a different freaking language. Just do me a favor. Just imagine that I don't understand anything. So just keep it, dumb it down a lot because I have a feeling that between me and some of our listeners, we won't have any idea. I mean, I barely know AI, but Pete is working on bots and like all this crazy stuff. We, Pete and I lectured together in Atlanta and he showed this Google Assistant video of how Google's calling like your local salon and making an appointment for you. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, I mean, that's the future for our dental practices as well. I mean, the, the, the intake of calls and our administrative team at the front desk is the oftentimes the least trained and the most transient and also the, the, the most important. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a brave new world. So I don't want to take up any more time into talking about stuff that I know nothing about. Pete, what's your first question? Golly. Well, I mean, look, you just, you just, you just hit an entry into that a little bit, right? So the reason that we showed that video at the, at our summit was because it's going to impact dentistry. And I like to show stuff that's going to actually 
have you know relatability to the to our attendees and that is going to happen so we need to prepare for that and like craig said like one of sometimes the weakest link in our in our ecosystem as a dental office is the front the person who answers the phone because dental offices are very busy they're frenetic and we hire someone it's like hey just get there and answer the phones and the process gets lost and people get rogue and then we as owners get mad like what the heck's going on but there was no there was no there was no pathway to do the training. And so that's why I love the fact that, that the bots and the AI and stuff like that, because there is no going rogue, right? You, you set them on the path and then it goes that way. You do lose a little bit of the personal touch. Obviously a bot isn't warm and friendly like a person on the other end, but it is a nice place because it's 24 seven, you know, bots are 24 seven and you can, you, they can answer questions for you and they never complain, never ask for, they never ask for a break. They never ask. Well, not way. yet. When AI really yeah, gets right. going, they will. They will have a. <laughs> and there's a place for everything. I'm not saying that like we're going to come this 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 automated society, but you know, it is cool to stay in touch with the tech and see how it's going to relate to dentistry in a service based industry. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the stat I like to share every time I speak on stage is that by uh, 2020, which is just around the corner, 50% of all searches will actually be voice searches. Uh, mm. That's a, a, a phenomenal number if you think about it. And for businesses to think that they don't have to adapt to a number that is that massive, I think is just being a little uh, naive. And, and I think, you know, we all get overwhelmed when we say artificial intelligence and we talk about bots, but really we're just talking about automation, right? You know, you're automating tasks. And the reality is there's a lot of people who find it more accessible to use their voice than to type something in. So that's really the future that we're going into. So you're touching on something that I want to, I want to pause on because I'm going to bring it back to the dentist. So this is massively important is so you just said that 50% of search is going to be done by voice. So imagine how we talk versus how we, how we talk to a query, query versus how we type a query, right? So a lot of SEO has been done in the, in the back in, in previous years to, okay, Atlanta dentist or, you know, Delray dentist, cosmetic dentist, right? But that's not how we've talked. So now you need to modify the way that you set up your content based on the way that people are actually asking the question. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to your point. Sense, it, like, yeah, perfect. Of course. Okay. No, you're not losing me yet. I, okay. I'm waiting for you to go into like the X machine. When you do that, I'm going to take a break. Well, well, well singularity is coming in the next like, six yeah. ten years, but I don't even know what you're talking about. But when you see my screen, remember go I gave you the wave analogy earlier today. Yeah. I That's know, biological singularity. singularity. Hmm? Biological singularity. Yes. Okay, I'm going to pretend sorry, like no, let, let's not hijack this. So go, sorry, go. sorry, sorry, sorry. We can stay with 2020, and 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 we can stick with you because I don't want to lose people either. And I, I think you're exactly right. You know, if you think about how we speak, we tend to not speak in you know independent words like you would do mm -hmm. SEO. We speak in phrases. And, and to your point, I mean that means that anyone who is a dentist and has a business website needs to make sure that they think about search by phrase, which is a totally different way of people finding you. You know, if I could just recommend one resource to make it really simple. There's a site called Search Engine Land, and it's one of my go-to places to understand the future of search and, and to point uh, a developer or anyone working on your website to say, hey, you know what? Read a couple articles there. They'll tell you how to prepare for this voice right. revolution so that no one's left behind. And it's not just long tail. We're familiar with like, oh, it's a long tail keyword phrase, or, or you know, you hear the term long tail, tail keywords, but it's a little bit different. And so that's a great, that is a great resource because Search Engine Land has been around for Oh yeah. The dawn of the internet and they are, they are great. You uh, know, what's so funny is I, I bought my kids an Amazon Alexa 
you know, the, I'm sorry, not Amazon Alexa. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's only a matter of time before I like completely misspeak and like show my outdatedness. Like I'm going to drop the MySpace joke again in a minute. So Pete, watch out. Okay. But uh, I bought them, you know, the Echo Dot and at first they wanted it. And I realized the functionality, how much I depend on it. So I'm like in my, so my kids will go to sleep. I'll put them to bed. And I'm like, they'll say like, read me a bedtime story. And they'll pull out a bedtime story. Or if, if, my wife's, if my wife has company downstairs, I'll say, play white noise. And it'll play white noise. Or what temperature is it tomorrow? I mean, the function, it's, it's not that, I always thought of it as just quirky and it's just a gimmick. But having, it, it's such a pain to type out or to go to your app or to go through four pages of your iPhone. Everything's so fast now. What's that, you know, the speed of technology, the accessibility of technology, that, that rule or whatever. But I, I want more Alex, uh, dots. It is, it is Alexa, by the way, Craig. You said it right the first time. It okay. is Amazon's Alexa, and it's and and so yeah, you corrected it, yourself needlessly. Thank you for that. But it's just amazing that you know I want it in every room now. Yeah. Just for, you know, I was going to buy myself a white noise machine. Why would you want a white noise machine? Mm-hmm. And and that's the future. I mean, when I first got Google Home into my house, which is a comparable voice assistant, which is exactly what Amazon Alexa is, uh, we had it for a couple of months. And then my son, who is nine years old, we went to a hotel. We were going on vacation and we walked into the hotel room and my son said, okay, Google, play my favorite playlist. And I had to sort of sit him down and say, you know, this doesn't follow you around everywhere, but, but that's the future that that next no. generation is going to know. That's, mm-hmm. that's how they're going to want to communicate. And their expectation is that you as a business, as a, a small business owner, as a dentist, that you will understand that that's how they want to find things. My Google Home just went off behind me, by the way. <laughs> Did it really? Just by yeah. that? It yeah, just you, by that. You, you know why? You know why? Because it, it keeps hearing the word Alexa and it doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. I, I don't feel safe anymore. Yeah, you shouldn't. Don't, we'll say it. You're wearing headphones. Don't say that word. Wow, I, I feel very nervous all well, of a sudden. Hey, literally, we will watch your back. We can see behind you. Just I know, I know. It is behind me, too, which is making me increasingly nervous, although I recognize it's just a piece of hardware, and I, I'm going to think through that for a second. <laughs> you know you know the funniest thing, and you'll appreciate this, Amber, I was, uh, follow uh, Elon uh, Musk, and so, you know, the big worry has been about robots and taking over and all that stuff, and someone literally said, well, why don't if you just get scared of all this, why don't we just pour a glass of water on him? And he wrote back, <laughs> he really wrote back, effing brilliant. That's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. It was so <laughs> funny because it took someone like, he's always been talking like, oh my gosh, they're going to take over the world. Someone's like, hey, just pour some water on him. He's like, that's genius. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think we, we fear what's going to happen and we're all worried about the future of work, but the reality is it's going to be a long way off before we actually have yeah. robots that are replacing humans um, uh, across all industries. I know, uh, but Amber, have you seen that Boston Scientific video yes. of that? Holy, what that is box jumping? Like they show oh, you like yeah, the, yeah. those things are gnarly. They can jump like nine feet. Uh, they, they do box jumps. Uh, that's Boston Dynamics and it's Boston, pretty impressive. Yeah. But remember, they can only do kind of one thing. And, and that's where, you know, you have to think about the future of robots is they're replacing uh, one task. You know, they're not intelligent enough yet to understand that, you know, as a human, I can say I have to wash the dishes. I also have to put my son to bed. I want to, you know, put on some music. We can do all those things. We're not quite there yet with the robots. Yeah, they're actually using robots for um, placement of dental implants here in the States now. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's incredible. Well, that's emerging. I mean, we've seen, look, we, robots for placing. You saw that one video of someone in China, actually. Yeah, the Yomi. Yeah. But so I mean, listen, when it comes to technology, it's not a question of if, it's a when. 
Um, you know, it's going to, it's, it's, I, I do believe that we are using such a digital interface in dentistry now, Amber, where we're literally scanning teeth and milling out of 3D printers and milling out of uh, milling, uh, five and six axis milling machines. It's like the only part that the dentist has to do is actually prepare the tooth. And once the motors become small enough, I do believe that we will be being replaced by good robots in our and, lifetime. And then what's our job? And this is why it all goes back to what we kind of talked about before, which is storytelling and marketing and getting the word out. And that's why I think that piece of the equation, which is something that's been around forever, is one of the biggest missed opportunities. You know, your social media presence, your mm -hmm. communication strategy, all those things are very human in nature. So yes, there will be bots and machines to automate some things, but as humans, we still need to go out and find our tribe, right? And, and that's all part of what we can do with marketing. Very cool. 100%. All right. So let's bring some of the, let's go back to the, uh, some of how you feel AI will affect maybe service industries more than even what you said. We talked about the telephone and the Google, the Google display. What, what was that experiment called Craig that I played? Do you remember? Oh, um, I don't know. It's just, it's Google assistant. Um, it was the, the CEO of Google. I forgot. Yeah, he was on stage, but it was, I guess it was at their, their kind of their conference you know, they're, they're yearly and he was showing it to the Google employees, but then it kind of went viral. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember that. Um, so you're exactly right. It was uh, Google who was doing a demo of how through their voice assistant, uh, people could actually use the speakers to ask for service-based business nearby. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the most interesting parts of that story is not just the ability to use your voice to ask to book an appointment with the dentist, uh, but also what came out of that video going viral is that Google got a lot of pushback because individuals said, hey, you know, humans don't like necessarily talking to uh, a machine if they don't know it's a machine. <laughs> and so Google had to kind of bake in this layer where um, all of a sudden service-based businesses will have to actually say, you know, you're speaking to a robot and even give them an option, you know, press zero if you want to speak to a human or leave a voice message. Because uh, apparently this is something that we're going to get into uh, when we talk about the future of automation is um, disclosure and transparency about who you're actually speaking to. And that's an yeah. interesting part of it. Like the ethics with the robot not ethics is not the word i'm looking for but i but i hear what you're saying like the, transparent, yeah, the transparency of the tech right Who, who's on the other end um, yeah, well i mean look it's you, you're this call may be courted for quality and training purposes is one layer of disclosure but if you're actually talking to a robot but then again i would almost rather talk to a bot that's that's us based than a live human in bangladesh who i don't understand i mean at a certain point a robot might be more efficient than some of the call centers well, that are and it's constantly them. learning and obviously that's the 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 elephant in the room is that all of that you said this call may be recorded, but now this call may be recorded for data purposes, right? And so now this is machine learning that's going to go at scale. It's going to be better and better and better. And so just like what you said, you will start preferring it preferentially because the speed of the, the efficiency of your questions will be answered much quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about machine learning, that's just one sort of category of artificial intelligence. And, you know, we can talk about voice technology, but we can also talk about chatbots. I mean, chatbots, whether it's a chatbot you have on Facebook Messenger or on your website. Um, and like you said, you know, those bots can get smarter over time. And that's where things I think get kind of interesting is the ability to to provide service 24 7 because let's face it you're not going to be able to actually have someone at the front desk for those type of exactly. hours yeah, and that's that where all of a sudden hard. you know yeah. that, that's a huge advantage that people should be interested in learning about yeah it's not it's not if this you know it's not one or the other i think that's where people have this thing it's it's an augmenting your services, right? Like, okay, so your your awesome front desk person answers the phone. That's great. That's high touch. But when she clocks out, maybe the maybe the bot logs in. 
right? Yeah. And now, and now for those people who are up at one in the morning, they want dental answers. What a unique advantage for your practice to have, you know, someone that's there answering questions for people all the time, as much as possible, you know, until the person comes back the next day. So I, I totally agree with you. I think some people think it's, it's one or the other, Amber, and I, I say it, it's going to be a hybrid, especially in the next upcoming years. Yeah, I mean, and I've done a lot of work with optometrists. I know that's kind of uh, another unusual category, uh, but similar type of service. And, and what really struck me is that uh, they know that about 80% of their calls or their emails are simply asking questions that can be automated. Questions like, what's your address? What are your, your office hours? You know, those really simple things. So, so my argument would also be, do you really need, you know, a, a well-educated human exactly. answering some of those simple questions? No, you know, offload that stuff to a, a bot or a machine or through voice, whatever you need to do, and let that human do what they're actually good at and what they want to do. Because I doubt they want to be telling someone the address over and over and over again. It's fun. Amber, I, I actually applied Pareto's principle, right? The 80-20, and I took to my team, and I, you know, a large phone answering team, and I said, give me the, give me, the, what are the 80% of the questions that you get asked all day, every day? And so that was my first, that was my first series of intents that I loaded for my bot that I haven't even launched yet just because I wanted it to be perfect, but because it keeps failing on areas I don't want to fail, if you know what I mean. So, but anyway, I took that, I took just what you said, like, look, 80% of the time, if I can free up your bandwidth for your, your superpower of answering and converting people into actually being patients, as opposed to fielding questions about location or direction, or how much does this cost? Or do you take this insurance? If I could, if I can get rid of that and free your bandwidth up now, this now, like, your, your task load becomes far less and you can, your use your, your efficiency of your, your productivity goes off the, off the charts. Yeah. And, and, you know, people are overwhelmed. So what happens when I right. call in and leave a message and say, Hey, I want to know your hours. Can you call me back? Or I want, I have a really simple question. And then all of a sudden a human can't get to it for 48 hours. Then you've created a, a disgruntled customer and a bad experience. And I mean, that, that this is all stuff that piles on, you know, we should mm -hmm. be excited about automation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Would you apply something, Craig, if it existed as of right now? Oh, for sure. I would. Absolutely. Cool. Let's talk after the show. I've got a product I can sell you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, you haven't launched it yourself, so I'll be your beta test. <laughs> That's right. But you have to pay. You still have to pay for the beta. That's fine. I'll charge you for something else on the way back. <laughs> what else is, what else do you see as exciting coming down the, the, the pipe? Um, Amber, in terms of the world you live in, and maybe we can translate that to things that, that we could give some of our listenership a heads up to, even if they're either whether it's just being interested in, in popping the hood, of looking, looking under the hood of something, or just like, hmm, I really want to stay ahead of the curve of tech so that I don't become irrelevant in my dental practice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we could go kind of into the far future, but it's not as relevant for the, the most amount of people. So to me, the stuff that's sort of near future, and when I say that, I mean the next couple of years, the stuff that's more interesting to me as, as a, a small business owner as well um, is, is on the communication side of things. And, and I'm sure you guys have talked lots about uh, digital marketing and social media and using some of those tools and technologies, but I'm a real believer in just the importance of that piece of the puzzle and how it's going to be increasingly more important to create really compelling video content, to be able to do uh, live video streams, to do podcasts, whatever it might be, again, to add that value. Because at the end of the day, people have so much choice and they're going to have more and more choice that they can get at their fingertips or using their voice. So to me, it's about how do you set yourself apart from those other businesses. And you can only do that through story, which is something, you know, historically that humans have always been really good at doing. 
Yeah, and it's something our mind, we've been good at doing it. It is something our mind is instinctively gravitate to, right? Um, Craig and yeah, the I, whole became, story, the whole story, uh, telling yeah, story like Tom Miller and stuff like that, you know, the storyteller marketing and, and, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense. And it's, you know, I've, I've been diving deep into that because I control the marketing and I actually hired uh, so much so that I actually, Greg and I were just talking about this on a previous podcast. I hired a full-time videographer for, to be able to tell the story that, that happened in, in this practices, right? Because video is the best way to tell the story in a compelling you know, with the music and you just have all the sensory going on rather than me saying like, here, here's what happened today. I want to show you like what happened yeah. from, from, from start to finish kind of thing. So I love that you're saying that because it's going to be more and more important. It's just not some, it's just not some tactic is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. Going to be, it's going to be, yeah. And, and I, I think that's one of the most exciting things about the future is that I think people think about the future and they think, oh my gosh, we're going to lose all of our work to robots. We're going to, everything's mm -hmm. going to be automated. You know, this is the end of humanity. But what I see happening is actually um, that we, we actually desire more of those human qualities. And I think that that's going to be a really interesting piece of the puzzle is how do you fulfill those things that the hu humans actually want? Um, another example is trust. I think trust is something more and more of the next couple of years is that individuals, they just need to trust you know, the dentist that they're going to. They need to trust that experience. They need to trust uh, what their dentist is telling them. And if they don't, all of a sudden, you know, they can ruin someone's practice by going online and sharing the fact that they no longer trust that individual or that team. And I think that piece of the equation, again, is a very human quality. It doesn't have a lot to do with tech, but I believe that it can be mitigated through communication strategy. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true to form unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist. And it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks friends. Well, you know, one thing that you guys are talking about when you're talking about story brand marketing, storytelling, the, you know, it used to be that, you know, web 1.0 was about putting long landing pages and tons and tons of verb, you know, word, uh, physical word content on there. Keyword stuffing. I'm sorry. Key keyword stuffing. Keyword stuffing. Exactly. But, but <laughs> I, I think the average, tele, um, I'm sorry, the average, um, uh, attention span of a North American viewer has just gone through, you know, reduced by, a, a fraction of what it used to be. So we're still watching movies. We're still watching two hour, two and a half hour movies. We lose ourselves in a movie because of the story of it. And, you know, human beings are wired to listen to a story. That's just something biologically that we have in us genetically and biologically. So that story brand marketing, that video piece, even if it's a four or five minute video, if it has a timeline and a story built into it, that's the most efficient way to get the content to that person because no mm -hmm. one's reading anymore. No one can, no one yeah. can handle reading. I mean, it's like the, the attention span is so small. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those little micro moments, that's why we see so much happening, whether it's with uh, Instagram stories is one example, those little moments. And I would also argue and take it one step further is I think we underestimate how much we need to be part of that conversation, right? You know, I consult with clients and they'll say to me, okay, you know, I've got a post plan for next Wednesday and one the following Wednesday. And I'm just like, have you not been on the internet? You know, that's not enough. Um, and we, we underestimate how much we should be sharing and posting because chances are, especially with algorithms, again, this goes back to AI with the algorithms that these social networks have, 
there might be 10% of your audience on Facebook who has already liked your page, who even sees that. I mean, it's, it's getting harder and harder to reach people unless you have, you know, a massive amount of good quality content. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you don't capture people's attention or awareness, you become irrelevant. And that's yeah. the scary thing. And if you get drowned in this, see, like you saying, if content starts getting deployed just in a crazy way, then, you know, how do you compete with that unless you're in the game? And I think that's been, I think Craig, you and I have kind of subtly been beating that drum to, to people is that like, if you're not doing it, like start now. And if you're not, and if you're, you know, and continue that cadence until you get more and more um, because you're right, Amber, the, the herd is coming and the wave is coming and it's going to be harder and harder to stand out in this massive sea of content. Yeah, and I think relevancy is probably one of the best words to use, right? What happens with this next generation uh, in terms of uh, finding different services? You know, they're going to go and they're going to do a quick scan on social and they're going to uh, end up calling or using a chatbot or their voice to get in touch with those service-based businesses where they've seen content that those people have posted that's relevant, that's timely, you know, that's on brand, that's on message. So if they see that you haven't posted in two weeks and they see someone else, you know, in the past day, made some joke about Marie Kondo um, as, you know, an, an example of an internet sensation right now, mm -hmm. um, then all of a sudden you provided a little bit of relevance. It's incredible how relevance, I mean, just attention is its own relevance. So like we, I don't know if he made it all the way across the border into Canada, but there was a, a dentist in South Carolina that did the, um, the In My Feelings dance, the Kiki, Kiki dance. Did you hear about that? I did not, no. So he's a good-looking dentist. He's probably like 35 years old. And he did this. There's this the challenge to do the special dance. And he did it and got on the Ellen Show and 550 million views on YouTube. And his practice is exploding. Wow. This is so funny because it really has no relevance to what he does as a dentist. But he captured attention. But he captured the attention, the attention that translated yeah. to trust. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when you've got Kylie Jenner... Um, as one of the wealthiest women, she's at 900. No, no, no. For, we'll be the first self-made billionaire right. woman. But what? Other than, wait, Oprah, that, that doesn't make sense because Oprah is. Well, whatever she is, she's a big deal. She's at 950 <laughs> million. And the I funny thing is, it, it doesn't matter. It, the relevance <laughs> is that she's really just famous for capturing eyeballs, nothing yeah. more. I mean, there's nothing, there's no Nobel Peace Prize that I'm aware of or anything else besides it. I'm not trying to knock her, but she captured the attention and attention captures the relevancy, uh, converts to relevancy. It's incredible. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think that's one of the things that is so important right now. And usually, I mean, you guys probably see it from people in your community. I see this as a speaker on stage to all types of industries. You know, as soon as I end up talking about any of these things, you know, the questions I get are, is, you know, I don't have time for this, right? And I always kind of throw it back to an individual and I I'll say, well, you know, you actually have to make time because in, in two years or three years, you know, you could become that business that is just no longer relevant, uh, where people have stopped going because someone up the street, you know, provides a better service, is more relevant, all of those things that you may be fearful of. I just think we should all be a tiny little bit fearful. And I think that fear can be uh, motivation, motivation, right? Yeah. And, and that that's the piece that you try to capture with people. Like, I'm, I'm fearful every day. I'm like, people ask me to do stuff. I'm like, even if it's, you know, below what I usually get paid or, you know, not that relevant. I mean, I just do stuff like I want to, I'm a worker, you know, and, and I work to stay relevant and I work harder than most people who are in a similar space. And, and that's how I succeed. And, and I think we've gotten a little lazy about, you know, what it does take. Yeah. And you know, if you don't have time right now, you sure as heck may have time in a couple of years, <laughs> but it might not, it might <laughs> not be at your choice. 
And listen, it doesn't have to be, you know, we're using the timelines of historic business, which is like to, to, to be a competitor, you had to build a physical plant and you had to do this. You just could get disrupted. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, you know, we all know the story of how Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix and like, you know, we're not really interested in that. You know, people like to pick out videos. I mean, Walmart thought it was competing with Target. They didn't even realize they were competing with Amazon. We they didn't even know their competition. So who is our, we don't even know who we're competing against because the, the landscape is changing so quickly. So yeah, I, that is such a good point. I, I, you know, it reminds me, I'm doing some work right now uh, in the agriculture space. And uh, what's been really interesting to me is you, you have farmers, you know, who have gone through generations of being farmers, you know, they own, they've owned land that's been passed down to them. Um, and they believe they're kind of untouchable. But what's really interesting that's happening in agriculture right now, it's not the farmers necessarily who are innovating. I know there are exceptions. Uh, but for the most part, there's a lot of these startups that are disrupting farming because they understand how to do that. And even if they have no farming experience, they're like, hey, you know what, I know a better way to ensure that the quality of milk on a dairy farm is superior. And I can use this new technology to do that. And I can increase my revenue, I can, you know, decrease my uh, expenses. And all of a sudden, you see this disruption happening from places you would never expect. And, and, and that's and, a scary thing. In fact, it comes better from outside. Because we're stuck as dentists, we're stuck on the inside of the, you know, the bottle. We can't see the, the labeling from the out, you can't see the outside. So take example, Smile Direct Club. I don't know if you know about who they are. They're basically a do-it-yourself Invisalign kit. So they said, well, geez, it's kind of cumbersome. You have to go to the dentist and get Invisalign and all this stuff. Like, so this guy, he, you know, two guys, they're very young guys, they're in their 30s. They had a mobile car detailing business. And they grew this business in three or four years to 3.2 billion. It's a 3.2 billion dollar. I mean, it, I don't know how they did it, they, but they were so far on the outside. To your point with the farmer, the farmer knows, the dairy farmer knows this is how it's done. This is the supplier route, and they're, they're, you're stuck in the ways that you know. It's it's always good to have those fresh eyes. I think fresh eyes and fear is a good is a good uh, combination to innovate. And I mean, as Tony always says in his business mastery programs, all business is only innovation and marketing. That's all you're charged as a business to do is innovate and market it. Yeah, I mean, I've spent the past 10 years like talking extensively about razor blades, you know, because those have been the companies that have been innovators and disruptors. Think about Dollar Shave Club as one example, you know, Um, they just blew everybody out of the water. And then all of a sudden last week, we see this disruptive uh, marketing ad from Gillette. And, you know, I've never spent so much time thinking about companies that make razors. And yet, you know, we have this kind of fierce competition in that industry. So it can happen to any of us. Yeah. Now, there's interesting things happening in the toothbrush space as well, which is wild. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, you know, it's like who can ever get, you know, in many ways, it's like, remember when cell phones were free and you just had to sign up for two years of a contract with your cell phone provider, it's the same thing. It's like whoever has, and Gillette was so happy for so long selling you their $10 handle or their $2 handle because you had to buy those razors. It's incredible. It's totally incredible. And Gillette, I mean, what is Gillette uh, owned by Procter Gamble, correct? So, I believe so. Yeah. I'm, I think they were their own company actually. Oh, really? I just assume Procter & Gamble owns everything. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's fair. <laughs> just say probably. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Gillette is owned like, but I mean, they just got their butts handed to them. My God. I mean, they just, someone comes out of left field with like really creative. And I mean, the marketing campaign was amazing. <laughs> you didn't have to build a better razor. And that guy, the guy in South Carolina, I'm not trying to take anything away from that dentist. He does not have to be a great dentist. He's good looking. He's doing a dance. He's got an Ellen. I mean, you're, you've made it at that point. 
Yeah, and it's, it'll be interesting to see if he understands how to leverage that, right? And I think that's also, you know, you, do, you want those things to happen, but you don't want to then, you know, hopefully he doesn't go home and just sit on his couch and smoke cigars for the next year, but understands how to kind of leverage what he's already built and that success that he's had in that moment as well. That's awesome. And by the way, just as a point of clarification, Gillette Company was um, merged into P&G in 2005. Oh. Ah. And in full disclosure, Pete's in talks with P&G merging his dental practice into... <laughs> I'm kidding. It's good to That'd be pretty cool. Good. That'd be pretty cool. Though. Wow. I feel like any podcast I go on these days, because you guys just made me think that I did some work with uh, Philip Sonicare. So I feel like I should have full disclosure <laughs> right, um, right, before right. I start any podcast, because I was like, oh, wait, I have actually worked with the toothbrush company as well. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's, you got to disclose all of it. Right. Well, in full disclosure, I use a Philips Sonicare Perfect. in my bathroom. So I'm a big fan. I'm one of the four out of the five dentists that supports them or that recommends them. Or is that Trident gum? I can't remember. <laughs> That's too funny. So what else, Pete? What else do you got? Well, we got Amber's precious time. I mean, I think I, I got, I got one thing if you, if you're out. Um, so to what, an, what a huge honor to have the prime minister, um, Trudeau on, on your uh, podcast. What was that conversation about and how'd that come about? Yeah, it, it really was uh, quite an honor. I, I think, you know, he's been getting a lot of attention over the past uh, couple of years. And uh, I was so lucky to be able to book him. So I had a chance to sit down with him at a Shopify event uh, May of last year. So I sat on stage with him and interviewed him and then subsequently was able to book him for the podcast. And so it was my second time interviewing him. And it was really interesting to chat with him because when I was on stage with him, a lot of what we had talked about had been questions that were prepped. We sort of knew what was going to happen. Uh, during the podcast, it it was a little more uh, freeing. And I think that's why podcasts are always so interesting, right? Uh, and what was fascinating to me is just his level of knowledge about artificial intelligence and uh, things he would say that I thought, you know, most people I can carry a conversation with, but all of a sudden I'll give you an example of what he said. I had asked him, you know, what country do you look to as far as a country that really understands innovation? And I, I expected him, you know, maybe he was going to say uh, Germany or the U.S. Or, or who knows what he was going to say. And he says Estonia. And I'm thinking to myself, oh. Estonia. Wow, that's interesting. So and then he explains that uh, Estonia has had this really comprehensive artificial intelligence strategy from a, a government level for the past few years. In fact, they're already using chatbots to help their citizens. And um, it was just a fascinating conversation to speak with someone who, you know, again, was not scripted, but just has this really deep knowledge about the future and uh, particularly about the impact that AI will have, uh, not just on Canada, but around the world. That's so cool. I mean, you, you, I would expect nothing less than um, having uh, his brain work in a hyper, uh, in, a, in an amazing fashion. I mean, he's a, he's a really amazing individual, but I, I would have never thought Estonia. I yeah. know nothing about Estonia. Well, Estonia is super high tech, actually. Uh, they're, really? they're one of the crypto capitals of the world. They, wow. they, they are, but that's sort of a, an obscure country in some ways. And those of us who are in tech, you know, I know their history with Skype and those type of things. But to actually think of the federal government in Estonia, because, you know, to me, I know that there are startups and innovators who live there and who there's support for them. But what's interesting is at a government level where things are typically kind of slow, um, mm -hmm. they have actually come out with a strategy uh, that includes so much of what we've talked about today, whether it's chatbots or beyond. Yep. Yeah, I love it. And that's just back to your saying, Craig. I mean, the same applies at a macro level to countries as it does companies like Tony said. So marketing and innovation, right? They're creating awareness, they're drawing business in, they're marketing people to bring intel to them, right? As as businesses or citizens, whatever it is. And then innovating in that in that ecosystem, which is which is 
I think a recipe for uh, sustainability, you know? Yeah. As you're talking and, and you, um, I'm thinking about it on a, on a, on the level of, you know, the government and, and, and different countries, I'm just thinking like, so you have Estonia leading the way, innovating and really being like a good example to the world. And I'm thinking about, I mean, this is a tangential thought, but like what, how damaging, you know, the new warfare would be just to destroy a company's, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a country's reputation. I keep thinking about like Borat, what he did to Kazakhstan, <laughs> like he did irreparable damage to this country, this country that's somewhat obscure that n no one really knows positive or negative and puts out this massively or wildly viewed movie and like just really damage them. I mean, in the opposite effect, it's incredible that you think about stuff like that. Well, as a Canadian, I'll just sit back and say nothing about that right no, now. You should, no, you should not. <laughs> yeah. you should not. I, I will not say anything. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I think we're all sort of skating on thin ice, right? You know, tomorrow Trudeau could do something that, you know, sinks his reputation, right? All he needs yeah. is someone to have a, a you know, a, a, a Google home nearby and be recording something he's not supposed to say. And, and, and there it yeah. goes, right? This is yeah. the world that we live in. And it, it's frightening. Or you can, you know, look at it from, I think, all of our perspectives which is exciting and how do you seize opportunities within that yeah it's true yeah i'm happy you left that one alone yeah. <laughs> you gotta just, you can't touch that right now for no, us no no i'm i'm good with that. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and, and sasha wait, i'll touch it though but sasha baron cohen with his um new uh um showtime series this is america or what is america oh my god so incredibly damaging mm -hmm. you know what he's got you know congressmen and different people saying it's just uh it's so painful to watch, but I mean, this is, this is this current state of our political system. You know, that it's not like he's forcing them to say anything. This is what they're saying. Yeah. So. And, and I almost feel like, you know, this is why, you know, I think, you know, we, we, I don't think any of us are in a position, no matter what country we live in, to think that we are safe from um, any of this, you know, bad exposure or, you know, moments that could sink us. I mean, we see it all the time now. It's just a different world that we live in. So I'm always, you know, resistant to be sort of cocky about some of those things and just sort of sit back and say, you know, like bad stuff can happen to anyone. Things can turn very quickly. And we've seen that all over the world. Well, it's the speed of the information, the, the way information gets disseminated. There's everybody's got a camera in their hands. It's incredible. Things can be taken out of context. It's a really interesting time. It's a really interesting time. Yeah. I mean, as a business owner too, I mean, you have to think about that too, right? You know, who is potentially in there, you know, having conversations Is someone recording what's happening. I mm -hmm. think about that all the time when I sit down with someone and they put their phone down on the table, it just, it, it goes through my head, you know, I know like I trust people, but on the other hand, you know, you just, I, I'm concerned of it, about it and aware of it as well. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, recently Pete and I published the book. Um, and um, although the category that it reached the bestseller category is a small category it was in dental practice. But um, it reached that category for, for a minute on Amazon. And we were, Pete was aware of a Facebook conversation that was going on where there was just one line of the book taken completely out of context. And the, book, the line was that dentistry is more akin to retail in one way in that there's no medical, the only medical, medically necessary procedure you'll ever have to have is an extraction. You could die if you had an infected tooth. But cleaning your teeth and straightening your teeth and even restoring your teeth is not absolutely medically necessary. You can actually live without your teeth. Mm. So that was the context in the book. But then someone just pulled that one line out like these guys say it's retail and everybody's just dumping on us. And like, it was just incredible. So yeah. 
you just don't know what can happen, you know? And, and I mean, I was, I don't know anything about this um, and this is probably going in a totally different direction, but I was reading an interesting article recently. Uh, I think it was in uh, a scientific journal about um, gum disease and potentially the connection to Alzheimer's and, and yeah. you know, those type of things. Like, I think that again, like, we don't know what way things are going to go, you know, whatever industry or vertical you're in. And, and, and that's what I find is, you know, it's a, it's an exciting sort of time right now. Yeah, that, that evidence is really pretty sound at this point that there are really good correlation, uh, causation and correlation to Alzheimer's, stroke, heart attack, everything. It's incredible. What happens in the mouth doesn't just stay there. Trans, trans uh, goes throughout the entire body. So It's the yeah. Vegas of health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I never thought about that. You should coin that. It took me a second to put that one together. Okay. I was like, wait, what? Oh, oh what happened? I'm here all day. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you having um, uh, spending the time with us. It was really informative and uh, very relevant to our audience. Yeah, really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, thank you so much, guys. And then if people want to get in touch with you or if you if they want to, you know, we have some study clubs and stuff like that. Uh, and, and actually, there's some companies that are really spending big bucks on getting great keynotes like yourself. So um, if they want to get in touch with you, how would we go about doing that? Yeah, I'm Amber Mack uh, across social media. Probably the place that I am the most often is uh, on Twitter. So uh, you can just follow me there at Amber Mack. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Amber. It was great seeing you again and um, hope to see you down here in Delray Beach and thaw out for a little bit when you get down here. Yeah, I'll be there in a few weeks. Awesome. Thanks again for your time and uh, thanks for listening to another edition of our podcast. We hope to see you all soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, it massively helps us create awareness if you would take five seconds and leave us a review in iTunes. Also, stay in touch with our updates and such by just texting the word Bulletproof, all one word, to 345-345. We promise not to bombard you with spam texts or anything, but it will help update you on special opportunities for our listeners as well as even info on the upcoming Bulletproof Summit 2019. Again, that's the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great day.